Jesus changes water into wine. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples also had been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. Aidan is going to come and uh, just reflect for a moment on those words. It's really great to have you. Let's give Edna a big welcome as he's come forward. Thank you so much. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for Aidan, for all that uh, he has been uh, to you uh, right from infancy. Thank you that your hand has been upon his life. Thank you for his training, his experience and the opportunities to share with us now from all of that that you've given him, uh, that he might be a blessing to us all and to the wider community, to the wider world, Lord, as he goes forward in this ministry, as he learns to live this life with us and with the people that you've placed him with. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. So, good morning. Good start. Uh, let me add my welcome to you. Um, if I haven't met you before, as Joe said, my name is Aidan and I am the new curate here at the church. Um, in terms, uh, as I welcome you, I'd like to also thank you for the amazing welcome that Kathy, uh, Reuben and myself have had since we came to the church. Um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, if I'm honest. It turns out moving house, moving church, having a baby, uh, starting a new job, a little bit stressful. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the support we've had uh, even in, you know, the eight weeks that we've been living around here has been amazing from you guys, so thank you so much for that. Um, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, then I'm so excited to do so over the next three to four years as I serve with you. Um, but before I start, I, perhaps I'd better explain what a curate is, because just by way of nods or shakes of heads, who knows what a curate is? Well, there's some, there's some, there's some shakes of heads and whatever. I, I asked a similar question to the youth when I went over to visit them, and Gary said, oh, well, you help the sick people, don't you? Because if someone's ill, you cure it. <laughs> that is the quality of youth work we have here at Christchurch, unrivaled. Um, 
Yeah, I loved it, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, so just for those of you who don't know, on, on the one hand, being a curate uh, is, is, a, is a role of continued training. Uh, I'm here supposedly uh, to learn to, as I do things, to learn as I minister. So at some point in you know, three to four years as I leave, I'll be in a place to potentially go and be a vicar somewhere. Um, but also it's a role here to uh, serve as part of the leadership of the church, to serve with you guys as we minister to this area of Downend and the wider area. And over my first four weeks here, uh, the main thing I've been doing is getting to know people, getting to know the church, going to as many things as I possibly could, chatting to as many people and listening to the stories that people share uh, about Christchurch and the, and, and the things that go on here. For example, uh, when I was kicking a football around in the car park with the young people, I was listening to stories about how they're Christians in their school and what it means to share Jesus with their friends. Uh, They also told me about serving people, as we've heard, um, serving Sundays, but also the noise. That was an interesting story to hear. At Messy Church, I met people who, whilst they might struggle to get here on a Sunday, they feel connected and supported by this church through Messy Church, and that was brilliant. I've heard from home groups, Uh, and Tuesday Open Church about how people in this church are amazing supports for one another when things get tough, when times get tough. I met with the mission champions and saw and heard the amazing ways in which this church, Christchurch, is engaged in mission both here in Bristol and around the world. And it was amazing. I'm sure, like everyone, I was massively encouraged and blessed by the stories we heard last week from Caroline and from Becky as they shared their testimonies before they renewed their baptisms. Amazing stories that are going on. I've heard many positive stories, but I've also heard some more difficult stories. At Tuesday Move It Club, I heard about how scared some parents are uh, for the summer Sundays, the summer, summer that's going to come up, uh, the summer holidays. I've heard about how people are coping and struggling to cope with the loss of a loved one. I've heard considerable concern about both individuals and the church's financial future. And be it due to personal reasons or, or, or the collective things that we've had and the many changes that we've had as a church, this is actually a bit of a time of transition for Christchurch. Am I right? Do we feel that sometimes? So chatting with Joe, whilst this is our, our first in our summer series of uh, looking at Jesus as a miracle maker, and we're going to be thinking a little bit about that, that story we had from John 2 and the miracle of Jesus turning water into wine, we thought this might also be a good opportunity to think about, uh, as a church, to think about what I think is quite a simple but really profound question. I wonder if we have it up on the screen. If everyone can see it, it's what is church? Very simple question. We've had our reading from John 2, just there from from Wendy, and a story of a remarkable transformation where Jesus turns the ordinary into the extraordinary. It's something Jesus did again and again throughout his ministry. And as we think about this question, that is exactly what Jesus does with the church. He takes ordinary people, he transforms their lives, and makes them into an extraordinary church. Amen? Amen? Amen. It's good. So with that in mind, that's our framework I thought it would be a great, great idea to spend a bit more time thinking about this. And I don't know if this is something we do usually here, but maybe turn to your neighbour. And if you're maybe sat someone that characteristics of what church is. Can we hear me now? 30 seconds. Turn to your neighbour. What is church? Go. Would people be willing to shout out some of the things that they've uh, come across? Yeah, what, what is church? What, what things do we say? Maybe one word answers. Go. People. People. Serving. 
there's a lot of elderly people and we find it very difficult to catch what you're saying. Yeah, no, I get that. So, yeah. so a place where hopefully microphones work. <laughs> and I apologise for that. Yeah, a place of, place of being honest with one another. Yeah. So we, we've, heard, we've heard family, we've heard people, we've had serving. Uh, at, what is church? Anything else? Encouragement? Support? Teaching? Brilliant. These are all great and we could go on. Um, I did a bit of a Blue Peter thing uh, and I've come up with a bit of a list. These are some of the things that I thought of in, in a bit of, you know, short. some of the things we've said. Uh, community, family, people. Uh, we've got, you know, a place of worship, generosity, serving, brilliant. You've, you've remembered the, the, the statement at the beginning of the service, that's good. Um, so, yeah, there's very various things. But let's look to the Bible uh, and what the Bible describes as church. And this is the point we are going to have our second reading from Acts 2. And it is, yes, nice. So, if you've got a Bible in front of you, maybe turn to Acts 2. Verses 42 to 47. Uh, and again, uh, we're going to have that read to us. The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Brilliant passage uh, there from the, the birth of the church. You know, we've just had Pentecost. Loads of people saved. Thousands of people have come to faith after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And there, uh, that is when uh, we get this amazing passage, a description of what church is. Verse 42, they, these new believers... They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Devotion to the apostles' teaching, devotion to learning what it means to be disciples and to fellowship. Those are the two things, devotion to teaching and fellowship. Their commitment to prayer and the breaking of bread as part of these show that Christ was in the centre of their community. And because Jesus was at the centre of their community, the same Jesus who turned water into wine, who, makes, who transforms the ordinary into the extraordinary. Verse 43 says this, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Because with Jesus at the center, amazing things were happening, wonders and signs. So if we go back to that list of characteristics I had up there, perhaps this is a bit simplistic, but I've made a bit of a Venn diagram. Uh, yes, here we go. And basically, all of the characteristics we have of church, the things that make a church, they can be divided into two focuses of fellowship or community and discipleship, with some of them having a bit of both. Okay? So, for example, community, uh, you know, we've got singing, institution, tradition, even a building. You know, a, a place where we gather is all about 
a building a community. So when we say a church isn't a building, well, sometimes it is when it's got people in it, when it's got people worshipping together. Uh, then we've got discipleship things like the sermon, as we, as we look for transformation in lives, that's, that's, evangel- that's, tr- that's discipleship. But then obviously communion, generosity, serving, they're a bit of both. So what we discover is that the same things that we strive to do as a church today was exactly what the church did at its birth. Community and discipleship. So what's church? It's a place of fellowship. It's a place of community. It's a place of discipleship. And I could stop there and stop talking, and I'm sure you'd all thank me for it. But um, actually, when we think about these... They're quite hard to do properly. They're quite hard to do in a really profound way, and in a way that is amazing, like that description of the early church was. So, so before I finish, let's, let's just spend a bit of time thinking about discipleship and community uh, a bit more deeply. And firstly, let's think about that fellowship, community word. So verses 44 to 46. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Now, I know I'm new to Christchurch, but by way of nods again, you know, these words, fellowship, community, family, are these things we hear about quite often on a Sunday? Yeah, these are words that we do say. I think every church up and down the country will say those phrases of family. You know, we are a family here. Um... But if we think about fellowship as it meant to the early church, actually, it's really hard to live up to, and I'm not entirely sure that every church does. This is something Kathy and I have been really journeying with together uh, quite a lot over the last few years. Um, Now, we're aware that as we turn up to a a new church, we look a bit like a a stereotype of a clergy family. You know, we've just had a young baby. Uh, You know, this is, you know, they give us big vicarages, so we fill them with kids, right? Um, That's what it's about. Perhaps on the, don't, Kathy's saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, perhaps on the surface, things can look a bit ideal. Um, but what you won't know is that before Reuben came along, actually, we were trying for children for a really long time, uh, several years. Um, it was a time of worry, uh, lots of uh, feelings of inadequacy at times, guilt maybe even, uh, lots and lots of tears. And just over a year ago, actually, Kathy went for, uh, had, had a surgery, surgical procedure to see what was going on, what was wrong, and if there was anything. In that time, church was actually sometimes a little bit difficult for us. Um, we would go to church on Sundays. We'd hear these phrases of, we're family. Um, we'd go to our, a church, there was a family service, so we think, we'll go to that. But it turns out it was really just a kid's service, and we weren't entirely sure we felt welcome. Um, at Trinity College, where I trained for ordination and where Kathy is still training uh, for her ordination, um, there are children and babies everywhere. And although we were among Christians, we were among family in some ways, we felt quite a- alienated. You know, phrases like, there must be something in the water here, or you'll be next, they, they really just kind of just dug away. Because in our society, we don't really talk about fertility stuff. We don't really talk about what really goes on. And um, the only person you might talk about these struggles to is your family. Um, and I'm aware that this is just our issue, but I'm aware there are some people here for whom church is actually a little bit difficult. Church, coming to church on a Sunday is not easy. Uh, and just to let you know that actually our experience was that in church we still found the most profound support. When we shared what we were going through with people around us, they carried us. 
They listened, prayed, encouraged and supported us in a way that only family can. As I said, this fertility isn't something we talked about in British society, so we should be able to share it with our family, as, as, and, and that is an amazing support that church can be and offer in a time of trouble. And I think when we say the word fellowship in church, we can easily just think friendship, but family in a church, fellowship in a church centre is so much deeper than that. Family really is the correct word. Family really is the best term for what the church should and could be. But obviously it's not easy to get to that point. Jesus knew it wasn't easy. He prayed about it. You know, if you think about it, we are called to love our our neighbour. We are called to love our brother and sister. Think about that person in church you find a bit tricky. Don't look at them, obviously. But (laughs) think about that person. You are called to love them as a brother and sister. Okay, if you can't think of anyone, it's probably you. uh, That we're all thinking. (laughs) Joking. Um, It's difficult. Loving one another as family is difficult. Jesus did pray about it. In John 17, he's praying for his disciples. He said, uh, may they be one, just as you and I, the Father and I, are one. He prayed in, in John 13, may the disciples love one another as I have loved you, may we, so may you love one another. Jesus knows this is tricky, but that is what he calls us to do. And it's only possible when Jesus is at the center. It is only possible when we remember that Uh, Jesus is the central uh, force for which we love one another. The early church were family because they they were a place where they would give everything financially to somewhere if another was in need, where meals were daily shared and where in spite of all human differences, they had everything in common because they were brothers and sisters in Christ. So that's community. The other element is obviously discipleship. And one of the many reasons why Kathy, well, one of the main reasons actually why Kathy and I chose to come here was because of our of Christchurch's emphasis on whole life discipleship. Christian life doesn't just happen on a Sunday; it's what happens Monday to Sunday. It's the life we live on our front lines. Kathy and I did an LICC fruitfulness on the front line course five years ago. Loved it. Loved it, everything about it. And so when we heard about Christchurch doing this, we were really excited. This is something that we talk about a lot here, and it's brilliant. And tonight, actually, Anita is going to be sharing on this a bit more at our Spirit Space service, so do come along if you can. But I want us to think about one word in Acts 2.42 that we had read to us. It says, the disciples devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, devoted themselves to learning what it meant to be the follower of Jesus. Church on a Sunday, church on whatever day it is, when we gather together, that is how we encourage and build one another up so that we can live the life in the rest of the week. This isn't a test, but... You know, can anyone say what the, the, the kind of vision statement is for the church? Not Joe, but the vision statement for Christchurch. What's on our logo? Learning to live the life. Learning to live the life. That is what the disciples were doing. That is what the early church did. They devoted themselves to learning to live the life. Because even though the Christian life is more than what happens at church, this devotion to discipleship, this is how, this devotion, this is how we uh, manage to do it and encourage one another. I don't know about you, but that word devotion, devoted, that's really challenging. That's challenged me. Uh, you know, there are many things we can be devoted to in our lives our families, our work, a certain way of living, 
political causes. We can be devoted to, to certain hobbies that we do. But what would it look like if you were more devoted to your discipleship of Jesus? I don't know what it would look like for you. Um, I, I can think of some things it would mean for me. But I can promise you that devoting your, yourself to Jesus more and more is so worth it. There is nothing better that we can devote ourselves to than following Jesus, the one who transforms the ordinary into the extraordinary. And as I finish, I'd like us just to imagine what it would be like if we all got this as a church, if we all took this on board, if we were all truly devoted to our discipleship, to learning, to live the life, but also devoted ourselves in our living, to, uh, in living in true Christian fellowship as brothers and sisters. The more I've thought about our, our original question of what is church over the last few weeks, the more I've realised how amazingly attractive the church should be and sh- for the world around us. The church is good for people, even if they don't realise it. Because everywhere you look in society, people are striving to find community. Be it at sports clubs, parenting classes, after-work drinks, street parties that seem to happen all the time in Bristol in a way that I've never seen in any other city. Or wherever, people are desperate for community. What is social media but one big uh, aim for in furthering community? We are created for community and we all have a deep down desire for it. But as we know, better than anywhere else, the church is the place where we can find that community. Because the church is a people who are being transformed by Jesus into a family together. It's the home of truly meaningful community, fellowship, a family of ordinary people transformed by an extraordinary God. As we imagine what it could be like if we all live like this, I'll just finish by reading the final two verses of that passage. Acts 2, 46 to 47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for this church. Thank you so much for the many, many faithful people in this building who have gathered together around a common belief in you. Thank you for this chance to worship you together. Thank you for this chance to learn together what it means to live a life of following you. Lord, I do pray for anyone who's finding church tough this morning. Lord, help us to be the support that you are calling us to be. Help us to be the family you are calling us to be. And help anyone who is finding it tough to find the amazing gift that your church can be. Lord Jesus, we offer you our lives. Help us to devote ourselves to you once again this morning and tomorrow and so on. And Lord, pray, we pray that through this, you might help us be a witness to the world around us, to our communities around us, that daily we would know people coming to faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen.